Hi, I'm Jay Fallon, and you are listening to The Slippery Slope. The younger generations, I'm going to say younger than my generation, this is just my opinion. I'm Generation X, and it seems, in my opinion, that younger generations are far more willing to accept a revisionist view of history. They're far more willing to accept lies, far more willing to get their information from social media and believe that information than they are to believe uh, their elders, to believe people who actually went through an experience. Um, Maybe it's, you know, if you don't get onto social media and cry and claim to be a victim or claim to be a survivor, well, well, then you're not you're not going to be heard. You're not going to be listened to. You're not going to be believed. I'm, I'm asking these questions because I cannot, still cannot, wrap my head around the fact that Ferdinand Marcos Jr. is about to win the presidential election in the Philippines. Just absolutely mind blowing. So, for those of you that don't know, okay, now like I said, I'm Generation X, and I. I remember um, the, the story about the Marcos family when I was a, a child or a teenager. And this is why I can't believe that they're, for me, I remember it as a part of my childhood, seeing the story, seeing them um, escaping basically the Philippines. Um, yeah, you know, and, and the accusations that came out um, or the truth, the stories that came out and the truth, the things that were proven about the uh, you know, the difficulties that the Filipino people were going through, the harshness of the, the Marcos family rule. Um, it just amazes me. And I think that's why I, found it, I find it so astounding that you could have the son of a dictator about to take over as president, uh, you know, 36 years or so later. So I'll read through a couple of articles that come through from the ABC News uh, here in Australia. And uh, so this one says, yeah, so the son and namesake of ousted Philippine dictator uh, Ferdinand Marcos took a commanding lead in an unofficial vote count from Monday's presidential election in the deeply divided Asian democracy. So an unofficial tally showed Mr. Marcos, popularly known as Bong Bong, had surpassed the 27.5 million votes needed for a majority, setting the stage for a once unthinkable return to rule of the Marcos family. This is 36 years after its humiliating retreat into exile during a people's power uprising. So Mr. Marcos Jr. had 29.9 million votes, double that of Lenny Robredo, the country's incumbent vice president, uh, with 93.8% of the eligible ballots counted according to the unofficial commission on elections tally. So the winner, Whoever the winner is, and it looks like it will be this fella, um, Marcos. So the winner will take office on June 30 for a single six-year term as leader of a Southeast Asian nation hit hard by two years of COVID outbreaks and lockdowns. Marcos has said, I hope you won't get tired of trusting us, he told supporters in remarks streamed on Facebook, uh, which is the platform that's been at the heart of his, his campaign strategy. He goes on to say that we have plenty of things to do. Uh, an endeavor as large as this dis- does not involve one person. So despite its fall from grace, the Marcos family returned from exile in the 1990s and has since been a powerful force in politics, 
retaining its influence with vast wealth and far-reaching connections. So when when they're talking vast wealth, we're talking billions worth of uh, American dollars, all stolen from the Philippines, all stolen from the Philippines, from the Filipino people. Um, and they've returned and just been allowed to live their lives. It's just amazing. Mr. Marcos Jr. has served as a governor, a congressman and senator. His sister, uh, I'm going to say Imi, I see, I assume, or Imi, is currently a senator. And his mother, Imelda, this this is the most ludicrous report, I think, is Imelda, who was, who was known for her lavish and outrageous um, shoe collection. And she was a part of her husband's uh, her, hu- her husband's dictatorship, and she was just as ruthless, as far as I'm. She was just as ruthless as he was. Anyway, Amelda, she's been uh, an influential power broker and widow of the late dictator. She served four terms in the House of Representatives. I think this just shows the absolute corruption of the political system in the Philippines, that you can be connected so closely to such mammoth corruption and proven corruption, and yet you can still return and then hold public office just, you know, a few years later. So Marcos Jr. has has presented no real policy platform or anything like that. He's been campaigning on a simple but uh, ambiguous message of unity. (laughs) His presidency is expected to provide continuity from outgoing leader uh, Rodrigo Duterte, uh, whose ruthless strongman approach proved popular and helped him to consolidate power rapidly. So the incoming president, as in Marcos, is likely to hear demands to prosecute Mr. Duterte for thousands of killings during his anti-drug crackdown. Okay, and these deaths are already under investigation by the International Criminal Court. However, this report saying that, you know, Marcos is going to hear demands to prosecute Duterte. However, a major boon for Marcos has been that he has secured Mr. Duterte, as in former, or what will be former President Duterte's daughter. She is his running mate, okay? And she is running to be vice president. So their partnership has combined the voting power of their northern and southern political strongholds, boosting their chances, but compounding worries of human rights activists. So while while this report's saying that, you know, people are going to be demanding Duterte's, uh, Duterte be investigated, prosecuted maybe for, for all these killings, his daughter, he's helped his daughter become vice president. So do you really, really think from the offset, from the outset that he is going to be investigated um, by, <laughs> by the next president when his, when the running mate is the daughter of the former president. Not much corruption here, nothing to see here. Now, I think a telling, a telling part of this victory, of this uh, upcoming victory for Marcos is because many of Marcos Jr. supporters are born, have been born after the 1986 uprising. And they, it seems, they are convinced that these past narratives were lies peddled by the opponents. And this is why I'm asking the question, what, why is it that, that younger generations, just my opinion, not trying to insult anyone, but why is it, okay, let's, let's put it out, not even just younger generations, why is it that people will not 
study history properly? Or why is it that we, we don't want to ask the uh, elders past? We don't want to get our stories. We don't want to get our history from the elders past. We want to look it up and we want to take our history from social media. So in another article, again from ABC News, it says that it's been a torrent of disinformation. So last year on September 11, so September 11, 2021, this was the 104th birthday of the late Ferdinand Marcos Sr. So a video began circulating on Facebook, which has since been viewed about 4.7 million times. A montage of smiles, well wishes, hold, handmade signs reading Happy Marcos Day and hashtag Marcos Real Hero before the video cuts to Marcos Jr. making a lengthy tribute to his father's vision for the Philippines. So it's been set to upbeat music. Obviously, the um, the eight-minute clip, the eight-minute clip is peppered with photos of the bridges, power lines, specialist hospitals, and even a nuclear power plant, which was all built under Marcos Senior's rule. So for Marcos Junior's 10 million social media followers, uh, videos like this feed the narrative of a lost era of economic greatness. But it's a revisionist history that Junior, Marcos Junior has put at the center of his campaign, which experts say is key to his rising popularity. So the true legacy of Marcos Senior's infrastructure binge was a mountain of debt that ballooned from 843 million when he took office in 65 to over 39 billion by the time he was deposed. Now, keep in mind, 39 billion in debt. The Marcoses um, had allegedly siphoned away 10 billion of that for their own personal wealth. 10 billion. The country is left with 39 billion in debt and yet 10 billion of that went to the family okay it goes on to say for for decades after marcos senior was driven into exile by the people power revolution the philippines was known as the sick man of asia due to its struggling economy and get this the nuclear power plant that was that was on display in this lengthy uh in this lengthy disinformation video that that speaks of the, the good old days when Marcos Senior was in power. The nuclear power plant, which was also funded by foreign loans, it, it never, ever, never became operational. <laughs> so even though it's never become operational, people still believe the lies or the rhetoric when Marcos Junior is saying, Look at, look at what Marcos Senior uh, achieved. And these were the good old days, the good old days. And they still believe it. So you've got propaganda, which has been dominating platforms like um, Facebook, YouTube, TikTok. It's helping to rewrite the past for many who did not live through the dark reality of that era. So around half the country's 67.5 million eligible voters are aged between 18 and 42. So many don't know the brutal years of martial law that began in 72 when thousands were killed and tortured or how the Marcoses accumulated billions in ill-gotten riches at their citizens' expense. So, and surely if you, if you look at social media, the Marcos era is basking in a moment of sunny nostalgia. So in one viral TikTok trend, users took up a challenge to film their older family members' reactions as they played 
March of the New Society, an anthem associated with the period of martial law. One user's gotten on to say, based on the stories of my grandmother, it was good in those days. Um, Chemi Rivers, a young Marcos supporter from uh, Tacloban, told foreign correspondent, on the days Marcos Jr. visited town, I got no idea how his grandmother is describing this as the good old days. It's it seemed to be very common knowledge. Like I said, I was I was young when, when all this went down when the Marcoses were kicked out of the Philippines. It seemed like every week you would see a story on the news, um, some kind of brutal act happening uh, in the Philippines, or or describing the opulence of the Marcoses and the complete decadence of Imelda Marcos's shoes and her shoe collection and the outrageous show of wealth that the Marcoses had. It seemed blatantly obvious that they were corrupt beyond measure, any other measure known throughout the world at that time. And the brutality coming out of that country at that time too. It was all over world news and yet we allow history to be rewritten and now the son of this former dictator will be president for six years. I think this is an indictment, not just on the Philippines and their political system. I think it's an, an indictment on social media and our current younger generations and their desire to constantly rewrite history, to fit their own narrative, to make themselves feel comfortable, to fit their own desires. So that, you know, we've seen it time and time again where people want to rewrite history so that they can feel like the victim, so that they can feel like the the survivor. Don't be afraid of the truth just because you don't like it. We need to listen to the real stories from our elders. We need to learn the truth properly and not just look to social media. Surely it wouldn't be that hard to see, to find the truth about what happened, about, about all the deaths that happened, about all the arrests that happened under martial law when Marcos Sr. was in power, about the billions of dollars that were siphoned out. Surely it would not be that hard, but we have generations who do not want to know the truth that would rather hold on to a revised history and clothe themselves in the warm blanket of a lie. Anything to make them feel comfortable. Don't be afraid of the truth. Don't be afraid of history. That's my opinion. Thank you for listening to The Slippery Slope.